Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're pleased to welcome Sammy Levitt, who is part of our San Diego affiliate, 97.3 The Fan, and was at the ballpark for the opener of the NLCS does pre and post for the Padres. So, Sammy, what were your impressions of game number one? Uh, not a lot of offense at all for either team. Uh, the problem for the Padres was that Hugh Darvish was mostly terrific. He gave up three hits, but two of those were solo home runs, one to Bryce Harper and one to Kyle Schwarber. And on the offensive side of things for the Padres, they had only one hit. They didn't have a runner on second base until the ninth inning. And obviously it's hard to win games when you don't produce hits or runs. Uh, so one of, one of those uh, one of those nights, um, that offensively just nothing happened. Now, I think there's a, certainly a tip of the cap to Zach Wheeler, what he did, but frustrating for the Padres tonight in the sense that you Darvish was actually really good, aside from giving up a, a couple of solo home runs, and uh, you hope you can you can kind of work around that in the postseason game, but it uh, didn't happen for the Padres offensively here tonight, and that was really the, the story of game one. When I was listening to Jesse, uh, Jesse Agler, close out this game, because I actually was listening to Padres radio the last few innings, uh, it, it, I knew it, of course, because I've been watching the game, but to hear him say that the Padres have only had two runners on base in the first mm. eight innings was really a stark reminder. Finished with just the one hit. Now, as you point out, you Darvish did his job very well uh, because the Phillies didn't have that many opportunities with runners in scoring position or guys left on base either. Um, but what did Bob Melvin and some of the Padres say about trying to generate offense and figure out how to break through? Yeah, you know, Amy, I think it was it was pretty much, uh, you know, what? Well, let's show up tomorrow and and uh, it's a new day. I mean, it was such a an emotional, exciting, <laughs> um, whatever adjective you want to use to describe it. What happened at Petco Park on Friday and Saturday as this team took down the Dodgers? You know, I, I don't know that what we saw tonight was a quote unquote Dodger hangover rather than the Padres running into a really good starting pitcher and just not having it offensively. But the sense we got from, from Bob Melvin and, and uh, playing sounds from the clubhouse on our post-game show 
was that there was the mindset of, hey, it's one game. And and I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, obviously it sets up a, a very crucial game, too, uh, coming up, and it's a, a bit of a weird schedule with uh, local time tomorrow, well, now today. Uh, it, the game's at 135, so by 5 p.m. local time tomorrow, you know, the Padres could be down 0-2 in this series, going back to Philadelphia. So a lot's going to happen in the next uh, half day or so by the time we get to the early evening tomorrow. Um, but it, it, it should be really interesting. But the, the, the sense I got really was, um, you know, it was, it was kind of, a, okay, we lost one, and, uh, and let's go back and get them tomorrow. And obviously it sets up a, a very, very important game too, especially for San Diego. I could not believe, even going back and looking at the numbers, that the three Phillies pitchers only threw 109 pitches total. Yeah. That's it. I mean, you want to talk about economical. You can't get much more efficient than that. No, you can't. And I was, you know, pretty surprised that Zach Wheeler came out after 83 pitches. You know, he was cruising. I mean, you know, like we've been talking about, he allowed a walk, a single. That was it. He didn't have a runner in scoring position against him the entire outing. So I was pretty surprised when Wheeler came out. Uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez came in for the eighth inning, did a good job, and then it was Jose Alvarado in the ninth, and the Padres finally had a, a little rally and had a good opportunity. had the winning run at the plate, and Manny Machado with one out. He flies out to right field. Josh Bell strikes out, and that's the ball game. But really on both sides, pitching-wise, it was really impressive. I mean, Darvish was good aside from the, 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 the uh, two solo home runs. And uh, the Padres' bullpen, which has been a massive strength for them in this postseason, uh, again, two scoreless innings. So I, I think, to me, that's, that's what's frustrating about this game, one, beyond just chalking it up to an offense that, that didn't do anything tonight. Um, the fact that they pitched really well, this was a, a winnable game, you know, if you score a few runs, but it, it just didn't happen. But you're right, on the, on the Philly side of things between – uh, Wheeler and the two guys out of the bullpen. It was very efficient and impressive. Sammy, what was your perspective on the Kyle Schwarber home run? <laughs> I uh, <laughs> well, I was in the uh, I was in the press box at that time. Uh, I heard the crack of the bat. I looked up and uh, I said, "Whoa!" And then it <laughs> ends up landing in the second deck. Now, this is my first year with the Padres, so I did not know that was the longest home run ever hit at Petco Park. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I know some people around me said, I don't think I've ever seen a ball hit into the second deck in right field. And then when we got the number of 488 and then found that it was the farthest home run ever in the history of the stadium, it all kind of made sense. I, I think there were a lot of people there tonight, and I, I can't say for sure if nobody's ever done it, <laughs> um, although I, I would assume considering where it went, but I, I won't go out on the limb because I don't know. But I, I think there were, I think the great majority of people there tonight did not think it was possible to get one into the second deck because uh, that, that deck's pretty far back. Uh, you know, kind of, it's, it's, it's uh, if, you, if you just look at the way right field is, is laid out. So I knew it was far. I did not know it was 488, but it was, uh, it was quite the blast. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember who was maybe Zach Wheeler was the one who said that he'd never even seen a BP ball hit that far. No. <laughs> and it, not only was it 488, 488 it was 119 points. 
seven miles an hour off the bat. Whoa. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. Really? Sammy Levitt is with us from San Diego. 97.3 is our affiliate there, and he's also part of the Padres Radio Network doing the pre and post. Um, before we talk about the pitching, Sammy, I'd love <laughs> to hear what this playoff run has meant to San Diego sports fans so far. And the atmosphere has been evident even on TV, but you're right in the middle of it. What's it been like for these fans to see their team kind of revived and taking out the big bad Dodgers along the way? It's been extremely special. I mean, I, I said it to a few people earlier today. You know, I've seen a lot of baseball games. You know, I grew up in New York and went to lots of uh, – Mets playoff games as a fan, and I've been fortunate to be at some big college football games and basketball games, and it, it may have been the best sporting event I've been to uh, Saturday night, especially wow. at Petco Park. Yeah, it, 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 it's been an extremely special run, I think, for a variety of different reasons. Number one, here in San Diego, you know, there have not been uh, many seasons of success. I mean, you said it earlier, right? The, the team's first NLCS since 1998, uh, same year they went to the World Series. Um, but but this team, this organization, this fan base has, has really been um, revitalized. And, and I think it starts at the top, you know, with the owner, Peter Seidler, who's really committed to spending and, and trying to win. A.J. Preller, who continues to be aggressive. You know, a great example is what he did at the trade deadline with the Juan Soto move. Um, they spend money. Uh, the organization in really every aspect, I think, is really impressive. And the fans have responded to it. I mean, they set a record for sellouts in the regular season um, this year. So that was well before this playoff run. It was very up and down regular season with highs and lows and big trades and uh, some drama with the Fernando Tatis Jr. situation. I mean, oh, yes. there were all kinds of kinds of aspects to the regular season. Um, but people showed up. And I, I, quite honestly, Amy, I've been blown away by the support here all year. And then it really hit a crescendo um, <laughs> over the weekend. And the Dodgers in town. And they win game two in L.A. And that's after what was a really impressive wildcard series win in New York which a lot of people didn't think they would do. And they win game two in L.A. They come home Friday night. The place is rocking. They get just enough offense, some great pitching. And then Saturday, they're in game four. They're trailing 3 nothing right. in the seventh inning, and they erupt. And, I mean, the place was just rocking. <laughs> it's raining. People are dancing. People are singing. <laughs> I, I I really hadn't seen anything like it. And I think, I think Amy, no matter how – this run ultimately ends. I think there will be a sense of satisfaction for beating the Dodgers and feeling like the next step has been taken. And um, and I, I'm I'm really excited to see what's ahead for for this for this city for this organization. They there's just a lot of really good things going on and a, and a lot of commitment to winning um, that, that I think bodes really well, uh, for this team and for this fan base and, and the fans have, have really responded to it. 
You mentioned the Fernando Tatis. That was all yeah. about the same time as the lineup was changed drastically with the moves that were made at the trade deadline. And it was a bit of a head scratcher for a couple of weeks because it didn't seem to gel. Or at the very least, yeah. the production wasn't there. Sammy, what did it take? How did they get to the point where, okay, moving forward again and then a bit of a meteoric rise into the playoffs and, and now obviously into the NLCS? Yeah, it was a very up and down experience after the trade deadline. You know, I think I think a lot of people here thought that the moves would really propel this team. And you know, Amy, I don't think in the regular season they ever got super hot. You know, they they didn't have a win streak of more than I, I want to say five games. It could be six. I'm forgetting now. I do this better during the regular season. <laughs> uh, it's either it's, it's either five or six. But here at here at the past midnight on the West Coast, I'm forgetting. Um, but it's it's five or six. You know, they they never had reeled off ten straight wins or thirteen out of fourteen. It, it just didn't happen, and, and that still was true after they made the the trade deadline deals. Now they had a really bad loss in Arizona in September, and there was kind of this. A moment and address that Bob Melvin had of the team where he got angry. And it was something, you know, Bob Melvin's a very steady personality, uh, steady manager, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for what's happened here over the past couple of weeks and the success they've had in the postseason. He's done a great job. But when he got angry at the team, I, I think a lot of players took notice, and there was a mm. players only meeting. The next day, and from that point on, they finished 11 and seven in the regular season. Again, not super hot, but playing some good baseball. And and Amy, it it is really come together, you know, in the postseason. You know, again, it was a very up and down kind of year. I think even into September and into the final homestand, but this team really came together in New York with what they did. Um, they really came together with, with what they did against the Dodgers, and I think they've played their best baseball in the postseason, which is obviously what you want to do. And yes. the Phillies right now are doing it as well, which makes this such a an intriguing series. But a lot of players have pointed to that night in Arizona in September when Bob Melvin addressed the team as a moment where they – really started to come together and and that that's been a pretty consistent answer so when when you talk about turning points Mm -hmm. um that night in arizona after they had a really bad loss in a series opener that that seems to be the consensus uh, about when this team could could kind of feel the turning point how have you seen manny machado step into a role where he is a leader in the clubhouse and yes bob melvin has had a massive impact but what about manny He's been terrific. I mean, he's a he's a tremendous player, and and th- this is my first year, uh, you know, watching Manny day in, day out, and seeing every at bat he has, and he's just remarkably consistent. Um, you know, he had an ankle injury uh, that he suffered on on Father's Day in Colorado. Really, aside from about a month span where he struggled after that, he kind of you know, came back quickly, was playing through it, and, and it took him a while to, to get right again. Aside from about a month span where his numbers dipped, I mean, he's been so consistent and so reliable. He's got a flair for the dramatic. He comes up with big hits. His mm-hmm. defense 
you know, it's either him or Nolan Arenado, the best defensive third baseman in baseball. Uh, take your pick uh, between those two guys. He, he's just remarkably consistent. And from an offensive standpoint, this was a very up-and-down team. You know, you, you talked about this team really not gelling after the trades. Well, part of that was the offense. I mean, their starting pitching has been very consistent for the most part all year. Offensively, they would go through stretches where it was it was just sort of inexplicable about uh, as to why they 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 couldn't score. So Manny's been the the you know the consistent part of it and and truly carried this offense. Now, is he going to be the MVP? Who knows? You know, I, I get the sense that a lot of people aren't leaning that way. Maybe in a different year, maybe had he not got injured and the numbers were a little bit more impressive obviously they already are impressive um but he's just amy he's remarkably consistent and he he plays through injuries and he's there every day and um he leads by example in that sense so i've been i've been really impressed with manny machado what he's brought to this clubhouse through again some of the the real ups and downs of, of this season and everything that's gone on well, adversity and losing generally do force the leaders to step up, and he has been one of those guys uh, that has shown truly what he's made of and also how much he cares. And I love the quote that uh, you put on your Twitter, Sammy. We got to stay focused on what the real goal is, and it's to bring a championship to this city. That's from Manny Machado on the eve of the NLCS. All right, so last thing before I let you go, because as you point out, it's been a long day. You were at the ballpark for a lot of hours. <laughs> how, how does the pitching stack up then for a long series? For the Padres, it, it, I mean, it stacks up well. They got a great start from you, Darvish, tonight. Again, I, I think that's part of the frustration of tonight is you, Darvish, was you, Darvish. I mean, he was really good. And you, you would like to think, I said this during my post game today, you would like to think that two solo home runs don't, doesn't lose you the game, but it did tonight. And that's not you, Darvish's fault. So he delivered tonight, as he's done all year. Uh, you know, tomorrow, Blake Snell, Blake had a terrific second half. His start in New York in the wild card series was was not good, but his start against the Dodgers was. So it was. What, what version of Blake Snell are you getting tomorrow? I, <laughs> I guess, uh, to, to, to put it more broadly, I, I think the Padres have plenty of starting pitching. Their bullpen has been outstanding in the postseason. They've got Darvish and Snell and Musgrove. and um, they, they line up well for a long series, as do the Phillies, with you know what Wheeler did tonight and having Nola going tomorrow. From the pitching standpoint, I think the Padres are good enough to win a World Series. I, I really do, uh, especially with what their bullpen is doing right now. Can they get there? We're going to find out. But, you know, tonight, you Darvish did a great job. And, and the pitching side of things, both in the rotation um, and in the bullpen, has is, is been one of, one of, if not the key of this of this team's run here in the postseason. So I think pitching-wise, um, they, they can go to the World Series off what they've got, and uh, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the series plays out. First time in the NLCS since 1998, and Bob Melvin says they're already anxious to get back out there for game number two, which happens on Wednesday afternoon at Petco Park. You can follow Sammy on Twitter at Sammy L-E-V. Sammy Levitt with our San Diego affiliate, 97.3 The Fan. He's got the pre and post on Padres Radio. He's posted up at the ballpark these days. It's great to connect with you for the first time. Enjoy the ride. Thank you so much for the insight. Absolutely, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.